What up, world? Pass first point guard and Blazer beat writer Mike Richmond. You're listening to another episode of Locked On Blazers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts. In today's episode, we're going to talk about Gary Trent Jr. in line to get a whole bunch of cash. We're going to play the second half of my interview with Sean and Joey, the host of Round Ball Rock. We're going to play a little game that I made up about Carmelo Anthony's wine recommendations. It's a lot of fun. But before we get to Carmelo's future with the Blazers and his recommendations for affordable wines, let's talk about Gary Trent Jr. The Blazers' second-year guard has switched his representation, signing with Rich Paul and Clutch Sports, probably the most powerful agency in the NBA. I don't know why I said probably. I'm going to say that is the most powerful agent in the NBA, the most powerful representation in the league. Rich Paul, of course, longtime friends with LeBron James, he's LeBron James's agent. They basically run the Los Angeles Lakers at this point. This is, Clutch is the most powerful representation in the league. They yanked Anthony Davis out of New Orleans. Uh, They get dudes paid. So what what does a switch in representation mean for Gary Trent Jr. now? Well, it means... That Gary Trent Jr. is lining, is getting his ducks in a row so he can get a whole bunch of cash. Uh, Trent Jr. is extension eligible this summer. He's entering the third year, third and final year of his rookie contract. He signed with the Blazers after they selected him in the second round. The Blazers gave GTJ a little more than most second rounders get. They kind of pl- they kind of paid him like a first rounder. It was three years and a little over three million dollars. But now it's time for Gary Trent to sign his second contract, an important milestone for anyone in the league going from making small millions to big ones. According to Bobby Marks of ESPN, former uh, front office executive with the New Jersey Nets, and now someone who talks on television and writes out tweets with good information in them, Bobby Marks laid out the parameters of the deal. It could be a maximum of four years and up to about $51 million. That's a big contract. Uh, Trent Jr.'s under contract for next year, $1.5 bucks, $1.6 million bucks. they're not in danger of losing him this summer. It's just if they want to lock him up long-term, the first opportunity to do so is this offseason before next season begins. Hence, Rich Paul and Clutch Sports have entered the chat. They've got a reputation for Clutch and Rich Paul uh, have a reputation for getting their clients paid, like I said. And you also don't switch agents at this time in your uh, sort of financial decision-making in order to take a low-ball offer. And Clutch, in general, is not exactly known for taking low-ball offers. This is a move to get the bag. Trent Jr. looked like a bona fide NBA rotation player the second half of last season and was really good in the bubble. And dudes with his skill set are coveted, and they're going to get their money. That's why you hire Rich Paul, so you can go get your money. For context, though. Rookie deals that clutch clutch clients have recently signed include Ben Simmons's five-year $170 million max, but they also include DeJounte Murray's four-year $64 million contract that he signed with the San Antonio Spurs when Murray was coming off an ACL tear. That deal might look like a team-friendly deal. Simmons got the, he's he's a star, he got star money, there was never, there was probably not much negotiation there. You want to keep someone that good on your team, you give them the most money you possibly can. DeJounte Murray, though, might be the example of the other end of the clutch spectrum. This was a guy who, coming off an ACL tear, has was had a lot of promise but hadn't had a lot of production. He's still got $64 bucks. 
might end up being a team-friendly deal, but it's still a, it is still a long-term and a big amount of money from an organization maybe not necessarily known for doing just that. Other big money notable deals that Clutch guys have signed, Eric Bledsoe signed a four-year $70 million deal extension with the uh, Bucks in 2019, and Corey friggin' Joseph, this is the one that just, this is the like Clutch this is the explanation for why you sign with Clutch. Corey Joseph got three years, $30 million from the Kings. The Kings have De'Aaron Fox, Buddy Heald, and and Bogdan Bogdanovich. They have three guards that they need to play ahead of them, and Corey Joseph got three for $30 million. Upwards of $37 million if he hits all his incentives to be the fourth guard on the Kings. Get your money, CJ. Way to go, Kojo. Way to go, Clutch Sports, I guess, too. Sheesh. Historically, Clutch guys have gotten money, too. Tristan Thompson got five for $82 million in 2015. J.R. Smith, four for $57 million in 2016. And John Wall signed that Supermax extension in 2017 after he switched to Clutch Sports. Three years, an extra $170 million. Made his deal total of five years, $207 million. But it was only a $170 million extension. Don't, that, that of the $30 million bucks was already there. Not every Clutch guy gets... The freaking Brinks truck, though. Nerlens Noel, for instance, signed a one-year, $2 million deal in OKC. And like I said, DeJounte Murray's extension is also pretty team-friendly. Even if it's $64 million, it's, it's probably less money than he would have made if he'd waited, but still a ton of money at the time. The point here is not to go looking at other dudes' wallets. This isn't wallet-peeping season. It's just to say that Gary Trent Jr. is in line for his first serious NBA payday, and he's hired the most powerful representation in the league and the representation known for getting serious paydays. Trent Jr. showed signs of being a legit NBA player, and now he is setting himself up to get paid like one. Good for him. Happy for you, Gary. From the Blazers' side, there's certainly a lot of things to consider when you're offering, considering offering someone $50 million. Obviously, they don't have to sign him to that big of a deal. They can sign him to a three-year extension. They can sign him to a two-year deal. You would think if they're going to sign him early, they would give him, they'd give him some money, right? That he'd get a pretty big chunk. Why would you? Like I said, he's not. He didn't change representation to get a low-ball deal. But there's questions for the Blazers. How much do you want to commit to a guy who plays the same positions as Dame, as CJ McCollum, who is already making a ton of money for the next few, next four seasons? Uh, can Gary Trent Jr. play alongside Damon Lode and CJ McCollum? If not, how much do you want to commit to him? Plus, just in general, the Blazers under Neil Olshay do not have a track record of offering rookie extensions to dudes that are not named Dame and CJ. Plus, not paying Trent Jr. this offseason has no impact on their decision to pay him next offseason. If they don't do it now, they can wait and do it later, just like they did with Yusuf Nurkic. He was eligible for a contract extension. They didn't even really sit down and meet with his... his he was coming off an injury, but they didn't meet with his representation. They said, here's... We want to see more of you. We want you to be part of the future. Go play this season. Go earn your money. You'll get your money at the end of the year. Nurk ended up getting four years, $48 million. Seems like a deal now for the Blazers. All this is to say is that Gary Trent Jr. knows that he's good. He's got an agent now that knows how to get guys paid, and the ball's in the Blazers' court depending on what they want to do. The clock has started. There is no, I don't think that it is particularly likely, judging on the Blazers' track record, or necessary that the Blazers will offer Trent Jr. the money. But the point is that this is a guy who has, who knows that he's an NBA player, and he's going to have a chance to get paid like it. So you should be happy for Gary Trent Jr. This is what every second round pick dreams of. 
for a sec, for guys who don't go in the first round, this is the dream. You cash out a little bit earlier than first rounders. You get paid before them. It works out for you. Seems like it's going to work out for Gary. I'm happy for him. Let's come back into the second segment. Play you the second half of my interview with the host of Round Ball Rock, Joey Devine and Sean Keen. He talks about Carmelo Anthony. We played a little game, the Carmelo Anthony wine game. It's a lot of fun. So stick around for the fun. But before we do that, I want to tell y'all about rockauto.com. You know rockauto.com. They're the family business that's been serving auto part customers online for over 20 years. And you can go to rockauto.com right now to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They got everything you need from engine control modules to brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. You name it, they got it. Whether it's your classic or your daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks and that'll be delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle, choose the brands, the specifications, and the prices you prefer. Oh, those prices, that's the best part because at rockauto.com, they're always reliably low and the same for professionals as they are for the do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Why would you do that? You don't have to do that. Instead, you can just go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. While you're there, make sure you write locked on in your how did you hear about us box so that they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. All right. On Monday's episode, I played you the first half of my interview with Sean Keen and Joey Devine, the hosts of Round Ball Rock, a comedic basketball podcast, a truly hilarious basketball podcast, one that I listen to frequently. If you missed that first half, it's in your feed. Go check it out. We talked about Damian Lode's television preferences and uh, whether or not the team should trade CJ McCollum. It was a ton of fun. What you're about to hear now is the second half of that interview, talking with Sean and Joey about Carmelo Anthony. Question and a game for you here. Okay, great. Love love questions, love games. Okay. <laughs> the, the basic question is, should the Blazers bring Carmelo Anthony back? He has said multiple times, he first said it like right when he got here, which was like PR, like, oh yeah, I'd love to retire here. And like, who, which that is a classic thing NBA players say. Then he did a big interview with uh, the Portland Tribune in which he said like, I hope to retire here. And was like, okay, this is getting more real. And then when the, the season ended, he was like, I pray that I come back to Portland. So he is campaigning to come back. The Blazers, I think, are interested, from what I understand, for him coming back. Is this a good idea? Yeah. Why wouldn't it be? Uh, like, first off, Mello's funny. Yeah, he's cool. Uh, he's he like the coolest guy good. they've ever had on yeah. the team. <laughs> well, and like, what what is what is Mello known for? Hoodies and hats. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's Portland. Uh. They bring him back. He's not going to be expensive. He loves the guys. And eventually you'll see him go into a plaid pantry in a bathrobe. And it's going to rule. <laughs> the thing is, he's going to be so disappointed how much worse a plaid pantry is than a New York bodega. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> it's, like like there's, it's like there's no hot food in here. It's just discounted yeah. M&Ms. <laughs> it looks like a plaid pantry does seem like it's. Uh, like a store that the government created and not a corporation. <laughs> There's two within like four blocks of my house. I can choose the good plaid pantry or the other one. So if I hope, <laughs> hopefully I'll see Mello. I don't think he lives in my neighborhood, but Mello in there in the, in the bathrobe, I'll be in my bathrobe. We'll just salute one another pass by. 
Honestly, I could see Melo retiring and staying in Portland. It is where young people go to retire, after all. Yeah. <laughs> like, he, I, it just feels like uh, Carmelo Anthony BMW or whatever is something you'd see in yeah, Portland. Yeah. Well, also, like, if there's anyone who in the NBA who's especially into, uh, like, eating at a diner that had a stripper pole in it, yeah, that's Carmelo exactly. Anthony. Yeah. <laughs> especially if it was, like, a $400 steak at that diner. Oh, yeah. for sure. <laughs> there's, a, there's a steakhouse that – there's a strip club steakhouse in Portland, right? Um, yeah. It's called Acropolis. <laughs> I used to live by it in college, but that was – um, more than a decade ago, you know, it's it's tough. The, the other thing that Carmelo Anthony is famous for, other than um, Pat's being a haberdasher and mm -hmm. uh, making jumpers in an edited video wearing a sweatshirt, is that he loves he loves wine. Um, he does love wine. It's it's a thing that's now become. I don't know if mimetic is the right word. I don't know if it's a meme or just a weird NBA trope, but there are it's certain LeBron, man. Right. LeBron there's a certain every... class well, it's of Kobe and then LeBron. Yeah. yeah. There's a certain class of NBA superstar that thinks it is very important to know a lot about wine. And thus they have learned a lot about wine. And I think Carmelo Anthony now is someone who earnestly knows a great deal about wine. And he hosts a YouTube program that has an accompanied newsletter called what's in your glass. And I am, I have. Excuse me? Yes. Why, Sean, why don't we know this? Yep. I don't know. <laughs> Carmelo Anthony has a newsletter and we're not reading it every week? Well, good, because yeah. good because the game is based <laughs> around this newsletter. So I'm glad you're not subscribers. Yeah, you can watch the show. He teaches you about tannins and bitterness and oh legs and the God. wine. He recommends wine. It's, I mean... It's solid, and he and he literally drinks a glass of wine with a guest, and the guests uh -huh. are anywhere from yeah. NBA players to like Jamie Foxx. See, this is the cool the cool version of a podcast. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, right, yeah. right, right. Yeah, uh, exactly. This is this is uh, what if you aren't a loser, what your podcast looks like. So, um, they're fifty two minutes long. Oh yeah, they're long, dude. He's opening <laughs> up the bottle, and letting them breathe. <laughs> So Carmelo, in addition, so he has these long these episodes you can watch. I'm not, I'm not, I can't say earnestly that I that I am a watch them regularly, but I have viewed portions of them. Um, and in addition, I subscribe to the newsletter because I am someone who needs content, and uh, you know, it's, if it comes to my email box, that's great. So uh -huh. he in these newsletters, he recommends three wines. He tells you what he's drinking that week and recommends three wines. So I am going to read you off the name of four wines, and I would like you to tell me which three, which is the fake one out of the four, and for bonus points, rank them in order of price. Okay, great. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, good. This is good. So the first one is The Prisoner. <laughs> the second one is Book Ripper. Okay. The third one is Whispering Angel, and then the last one is Three Brothers. I think Book Ripper is the fake one. Sean? I'm going to say... I'm going to say Whispering Angel is too perfect. I'm going to say that's fake. Those are both real wines oh, recommended by Carmelo Anthony. The The <laughs> fake one was Three Brothers. Wow. So Which I guess... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
I guess Three Brothers sounds more like a hot dog restaurant. <laughs> well, there's there's a Chinese food place, and it also seems like it would be an action movie uh, story. Why like like book B-list ripper people. be a wine? What are you doing? Wines and books are supposed to go together. You yeah. drink it like... at Powell's, baby. <laughs> Remainder bin. You're not drinking a glass of wine to get... Uh, hyped up and tear apart a phone book like you're a strong man on the tonight show in like the 1960s. you're a chemistry teacher for a cool seventh grade chemistry teacher <laughs> um okay so for bonus points um since since both of you are now tied at zero because of my uh-huh. my crafting of a fake wine uh in the prisoner book ripper and whispering angel if you want to rank them from most expensive to least expensive okay I'm going to say Whispering Angel, Book Ripper, The Prisoner. I'll go Prisoner, Angel, Book Ripper. Wow. Book Ripper, your most expensive wine, a 2015 Grenache recommended by Carmelo Anthony (laughs) in early August. (laughs) The Prisoner, a red blend from 2016, is the second most expensive wine. It's between $30 and $60, recommended by Carmelo Anthony on September 12th. And way back when I first subscribed to this new le- newsletter in June, Whispering Angel, a 2018 rosé, under $30. Wow. All right, let's take a break right there. We'll come back in the third segment and talk more about Carmelo Anthony's wine recommendations, but... Before we get there, I want to tell my listeners about Built Bar. You know Built Bar? It's the best tasting protein bar ever. Comes in 18 amazing flavors, all of which are covered in 100% real chocolate. Soft and easy to chew. It's got that candy bar-like texture. If you've tried other protein bars, you know they can be kind of dry and chalky. That's not what we're working with with Built Bar. With Built Bar, we're working with a delicious protein bar. Something that tastes great. And it's good for you. A wonderful option for the health conscious among us. That's because it's low calorie, low sugar, high in protein, high in fiber. Sounds pretty good, right? Get your hands on one of these bars. Actually, get your hands on several of these bars by going to BuiltBar.com and using the promo code LOCKEDON. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. You'll get $10 off your next order. That's promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. Still a pass for his point guard. Still Mike Richmond. Still listening to Lockdown Blazers. We're still here chatting with Joey Devine and Sean Keane, the hosts of Round Ball Rock. When we ended that second segment, we were talking about Carmelo Anthony's $30 wine selections. The dude has recommendations that are priced reasonably. How many things does Carmelo Anthony own or consume that are under $30? It's got to be low. The thing right? is, there's no way he's ever had any of these affordable wines. Like, maybe he had, like, there's no way he got into wine at a point where he, that he needed anything to be affordable, you know? Like, by the time mm-hmm. he was like, cool, I'm going to learn about wine, he had tens of millions of dollars. Mm-hmm. Like, he doesn't, he's never, like, I would, I'm willing to wager that Carmoa Anthony has never been into, like, a wine shop that's, like, on the corner of somewhere. He's been to vineyards and gone into the wine room. He's shopped, you know, um, like, selective whatever millionaire type wine shops, but he's mm-hmm. never been to like the wine store on the corner of right. the uh-huh. first right. and first or whatever. 
And he's like, who's like, ooh, if I buy six, they're $2 off? (laughs) Yeah, he's never gotten one of those wine-specific carrying, uh, like, cardboard carriers. No. I wouldn't be that shocked if he had, like, a high-end, like, wine of the month thing where they send him, like, a box of nine bottles. Right, right, right. Yeah, that, that checks out to me. See, um, I I think he has a guy who just sends him the wine. Like there's he has a personal like you know how NBA players have personal chefs. Don't you think he has a personal sommelier, like who's just picking his wine out for him? Yeah, you would assume that you add that to the to entourage month. at some point. You know, yeah. you got your you got your guy who goes to buy weed, and then you got your guy who he used to be. You know, um, he probably was the guy who used to buy illegal weed, and then when weed became legal, it's like, ah, well, he, I mean, we got to keep Terry on staff. Like he's a cool dude. We got to just uh-huh. we got him like. Like, Terry, you think you could learn a shit ton about wine here in the next couple months? Yeah. <laughs> uh, most recently, Carmelo Anthony, uh, this was one day ago he sent out this uh, this most recent uh-huh. newsletter. It's Good. what wine legs tell you about wine. Uh, the guest is uh, Lamorne Morris. You can check it out there. But he's drinking this week a 2007 Pinot, which I guess is some not a Pinot Noir. I'm not even familiar with that word uh-huh. from uh, France. Cote de Nuit. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's that, what he's that on. Uh, his recommendations this week. Uh, Route Stock Cellars Cab Sauv, a 2017 bottle under 30 bucks. The uh-huh. mid-price wine, Miraval Provenance. That's a 2019 rosé. And... Coat a coat estate, a red blend from 2017. That's your 61 to a hundred dollar bottle of wine. Who's he paying to write this newsletter? <laughs> it's listen. I I am also. It ends with stay mellow. P- please drink responsibly every of time. Of course, yeah, 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 of course. yeah. So, um, <laughs> it's it is curious that mellow is the one that's like I want wine content. Mm-hmm. You know, well, it makes sense to me mm-hmm. because look, if there's the only person other than the last dance who's gotten to interview Michael Jordan in the last like 20 years was Sh- cigar Afic- that guy from Cigar Aficionado. <laughs> yeah. So it makes sense that Mello is like, yeah, let's do wine. Jordan's got cigars. I'm a I was a Jordan brand guy. Uh I'm a wine man. Everyone yeah. else being a wine man does not make sense to me. Mello being a wine man makes it's like the final piece of the puzzle falling uh-huh. in. It's like I am dropping my coffee cup that says uh Kobayashi on the bottom of it in slow motion as I look <laughs> over the timeline of Mello's career. <laughs> Yeah, I mean it 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 does seem to check out perfectly that this is what the arc led to for Carmelo is that he's interviewing Snoop Dogg and drinking a very <laughs> expensive glass of wine playing on the 11th best team in the Western Conference. <laughs> yeah. <exactly. laughs> it's just it that was how it was going to end. Everyone it was clear at a certain point that that's how it was headed. That's where it was headed. Oh, but here's my question. Yeah. So is wine out and is coffee going to be the thing now that uh, the the Heat has been so successful with their weird coffee obsession? Because the previous NBA coffee guy was Boris Diaw, right? 
Yeah, infamous for it. The Blazers have had a couple people who drink coffee pregame. Wesley Matthews would drink a cup of black coffee with like six sugars. Well, no games. one drank as much coffee as Matthew Della Vadova, who it yes. actually almost killed. He almost him died. In the he drank some. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and Chris Kamen would drink bulletproof coffee um, prior uh-huh. to games. That yeah, which Chris Kamen, didn't sense. he also once didn't when he was with the Lakers didn't Kobe teach him that he had to buy a whole cow? Because I know bulletproof coffee was Kobe's thing too, and his whole thing was like the Lakers would buy cows together um i, I mean that to me <laughs> to me if cayman if cayman learned that from anyone else i'd be surprised but i'm not surprised that cayman no no a i'm whole pretty cow. sure it was a t- not tim grover whoever the the weird frank nitty frank yeah it's whatever that guy's name is that, that like that might be got, a gangster wait actually. gary Vitti? <laughs> that guy gary Vitti, yeah yeah gary like, he, he, and Co- he and kobe got people into eating <laughs> To in knowing where their beef came from in like the early the late two thousands, and so like I I I honestly believe Chris Kamen and Pau Gasol bought a cow together. Maybe <laughs> I think Chris Kamen would would mostly want to do it if he was actually allowed to burn down like an acre of rainforest for the grazing <laughs> land. He'd be really into that. Yeah. Him and like his weird Central Michigan buddies with flamethrowers. <laughs> I mean, he had that television show where he would like literally go like spear hunting or whatever briefly. Yeah. No, so, I think they all had to buy like refrigerators to put their cow. I remember that being a story. <laughs> that's listen. The Lakers were bad. Okay, they had to do other stuff. Well, um, where can if people want to learn more about George Carl's relationship with his son and what type of refrigerator you need to store an entire cow, where can they find more of you guys? Uh, Patreon.com slash Round Rock Pod at Round Rock Pod on uh, Twitter. Twitter. Uh, Round Rock Pod Gmail. Oh, yeah. And roundballrock.net. Yeah. Where the editor in chief is the great. Corbin A. Smith. Corbin A. Smith. Washington. Uh, Portland photographer, periodic newsletterer, um, fake Portlander. Yeah, fake Portlander, tax exile in Washington. Don't hold that against him. Exactly. Loves to spend hours uh, farming and video games. Uh, And occasionally, a a great guy. A great guy. Yeah, edits some essays from time to time. Yeah. Good editor. Yeah. Yeah. Editor in chief of roundballrock.net. Well, yeah, uh, but yeah, and then wherever you find your podcasts, we're Round Ball Rock, an NBA podcast. Truly a hilarious podcast. Um, I know that Thanks, Mike. that I I we're mostly we being me talking to myself into this microphone, mostly a a uh, fairly down the middle approach to the Blazers. But if you want to have a little bit of fun and also learn some things about the NBA, like um, various stories about the final game of Warriors seasons from the middle two thousands. <laughs> there's only one place to get that and that's round ball rock and i should also say we are mean to the blazers but i would say we're much meaner to other teams the blazers are kind of a middle of the road team we're mean to (laughs) yeah listen um well people just blazer fans also just notice more because they're nicer they're not owned by mark cuban we've never had a blazer fan yell at us for anything we've said there you go Um, we have had other team fans (laughs) yell at us um (laughs) awesome well i appreciate you guys joining me and uh, we'll have to do it again soon sometime thanks mike anytime all right thanks dude yeah that was great
All right, that's going to do it for today's show. Tell your friends about this podcast. They can get it wherever they already get podcasts. Just search Locked On Blazers. will be there waiting for you. Appreciate you listening. Talk to you soon.